Hey everybody, it's Alan from the Handbuilt Podcast and Revival Cycles. So a few months ago for Handbuilt Show 2018, on Sunday after the show when I was really, really tired, two or three whiskeys in, we sat down for kind of a poor recording, but a great company with uh, Alonzo Bowden. If you guys don't know him, he's a, a famous comedian. He's had a, a really cool car show and he's uh, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR. And he's a really great gearhead. He was here in town for MotoGP and for Handbuilt Show. He brought his buddy BT in, who's another comedian who's also hysterically funny. Uh, we sat down with him and BT, and then randomly we stuck them together with Dutch and Vicky from the bike shed in the UK. They're some friends of mine who said, we, we kind of made a pact, and I said, if you guys come to town and come to the Handbuilt Show, I'll come out to the bike shed show in a month. Well, they showed up, so I had to go to UK a month later. But anyway... This is a result of the five of us sitting down for a quick conversation over nothing, about nothing, just to see where it went. If you guys like this podcast and you like this content, please comment, subscribe, share it with your friends, your colleagues. Send us an email if you have something you want us to record or you, you like it. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, this is Alonzo Bowden. I'm welcoming you to the Handbuilt Podcast. I'm doing the intro because Alan is in no position to do it. He's a mess. He can't handle it. So we have Dutch and Vicky have come all the way from the UK from from London from the bike London, shed representing representing the bike shed yeah and we have BT also known as JT <laughs> only for this spot we have BT who is a hilarious comic out of Indianapolis also a MotoGP expert who is here for MotoGP weekend I'm a comic who happens to know Alan and I'm lucky enough to have been invited here and Alan kind of uh he runs the whole thing. How could you be listening to this and not know who he is when it's his? Hand-built motorcycle show, revival cycles. Come on. You've, we, haven't you been paying attention? Look it up. Here we are, the Hand-built podcast. We're going to have some fun. My first uh, time here, and, and it's a very cool place. I like it. Everywhere you look, there's like some old bike or some bike under construction or something else going on or a pinball so it's a machine cool, cool spot or, 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 or a japanese pinball machine right like, well yeah there's, there's a little that. bit of there's a little bit of things uh a lot there's, there's uh five of us in the room so that people can get a sense of that there's a party going on downstairs i'm sure you can hear that too that's happened every year we do this um and uh it's been a hell of a weekend i'm really really tired but i'm two drinks into some japanese whiskey and I think it's going to be okay now. <laughs> we can handle it. We're yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, I'm 362 days away from Handbelt Show 2019. I'm there feeling go. pretty damn good. Uh, we've got the folks from uh, the bike shed here. Dutch, and I just completely forgot. Vicky. Vicky, Vicky the boss. I'm sorry. I she, used to, she's the real boss. So, so Little big noise. Little right, big noise. Vic yeah, noise? exactly right. <laughs> or big noise. Little, Little big, big noise. Little big noise. Okay, yeah. I got it. Sorry. Um, uh, Dutch and Vicky from the bike shed in the UK came all the way to see me damn right well just you me. said if we came to see your show you'd come to see our show so we got on a plane right yeah. I mean, so that's, now, how, that's how in we a few roll. weeks i'm going to the uk yep. apparently excellent uh, yes. <laughs> any excuse to go s experience some dreary, dreary yes. weather and some, some rain <laughs> it, it rains yeah. every day every fucking day i've ever been to the uk yeah. it's coming except our show weekend and <laughs> bt bt i know you can forget my and i the initials i want to say jt because justin timberlake is you know kind of got a man crush on <laughs> who doesn't do you too all right yeah all right, all right, cool. because you know he brings everybody everybody likes justin timberlake black people like him 
Everybody like no seriously. Like he's got the street cred. Everybody likes Justin. You don't like you know Justin that, Timberlake. You don't like life. You know who doesn't like Justin Timberlake? Oh. My wife. Really? She doesn't like him. I'll play some JT, and she's like, yeah. "Why do you like this?" He, you know where he didn't do well with the Super Bowl. No, People, I, yeah, I heard. I it didn't, didn't see work. It. No, it really. Didn't, he tried to do too much. He I'll tried to do a little of his stuff. He tried to do some Prince tribute. This and it was like nah. And then he had on what he had like a camouflage blazer on or something. They were much. like, no, you're not. You're not a hunter. Like he was trying to do the ten thousand lakes thing. He needed a shotgun. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to do the you know Minneapolis, Minnesota, land of ten thousand lakes, and people were like, nah, JT. No, he just... was more Elmer Fudd, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was totally when you said that. I was totally thinking Elmer Fudd. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so I have to admit, I actually only know one album, and it was that 2020 <laughs> album. I'm not an old school JT fan, but I play it occasionally, and I and I'm convinced it's good. There's He's talented, He's no great. question. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, seriously, that, that summer summer love. I every time I hear that song, it reminds me of the girlfriend I really really loved, and who broke my heart every time I hear that song. So it's like, really, I always stop seeing my track. I go, yeah. I'm having a moment don't, don't with you. Me. That's a trigger, right? There. Yeah, it was great though. Was I think great. I'm gonna call you JT. I'm sorry. Do that, <laughs> JT. BT, come on. So, tell, so what do you do, BT? I'm a stand-up comic like Alonzo. He's one of my best friends in comedy. I look up to the guy, and we both well, bond over he's taller. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might look similar. Yeah, yeah. he's taller. I'm like yeah. a little brother. All right. So yeah, and, but and we, you do comedy and yeah, and we you're both bond over motorcycles. Yeah, I mean, so and I don't know how it was when. Well, the funny thing was so. BT lived in LA for I don't know how many years and we didn't know each other rode. Like we both rode, but we didn't know each other did it, so right. we never rode together. And I don't even know how we found out. I just remember finding out you had a, one of those yellow and black jixers. Yes. Right? Yes. The yellow and black jixers. The one that changed the I game. I remember that, yeah. yeah. What year was this? This had to be at what? least two thousand four. Yeah, something like at early two thousands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we find out we both rode and I and I Anybody, it's like I come, I did a 180. Like I've come back to my, I lived on the road for a while doing comedy, and so bikes were kind of pushed to the side. While I was, you know, and all of a sudden, I just one time I just said, you know what, I want to go back to my first love, which was motorcycles. I, you know, I got in LA trying to get the career and everything, and then for some reason I go, you know what, man, I'm gonna go back. But what did I love? And it was always motorcycles, and, and I used to wrestle. So, and I went back to that, and it's like. And I remember right at Jixer, it's my buddy's Jixer. I hadn't been in the bike in over at least 15 years, probably. Really? And I was like, oh man, this thing's so powerful. And and when I was doing it, my other buddy who rode, he goes, uh, how long did he ride? He goes, he had me. He goes, why did you have him ride my bike? He goes, because it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up, I care? I ended yeah. up buying that bike. I, I took a, 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 a. I'm not very bright, but for, I saw where I was going with it. I didn't know me. So I took the safety course first. And then I bought that bike the day after I passed the safety course. And while I was doing the safety course, the, the instructor was like, BT, I can honestly see you doing a wheelie in this class. Because I, I I loved it. Like, the first day we rode, like, you were you know, in do, it. doing yeah, the cones, yeah. like, I was smiling. It was raining. It was cold. But I had a smile on my face. And I was doing all of a sudden, there, I can see you doing a wheelie in this course. And I was like, yeah, I probably will. <laughs> so, so the day that I got the certificate, I went and bought my buddy's bike. He was scared of it. So he, he gave me a great deal on it. And man, that's just, you know, it's like anything else, man. You reignited with that passion and it just stayed. I mean, that's one of the few things in my life that I'm a Gemini, so everything's like, okay, I'm on to the next one. But with the bikes, it just stayed. And then, so I found out Alonzo rode. I was like, okay. And then he goes, you know, and I was watching motorcycle racing on TV and Alonzo was in. He goes, hey, man, GP's going to be in Indianapolis. And at the time, I lived in Indianapolis. And he goes, yada, yada. And then that's just, 
it grew and grew and grew to the, to the uh, so that, that's a lot today. of years actually now yeah we, oh we've known each other at least 20 probably yeah, huh? probably 20 years in the game in the in the comedy game that's a long and in the time motorcycle. but but here's the thing he's when it comes to MotoGP, more motorcycle racing of any sort the man is a psycho he is a living encyclopedia of oh. knowledge to the point we know Erta, the people who run the race like they handle mm. the rules and and compliance and this and that he'll start talking and asking them questions and they're like we don't know like <laughs> how do you, we don't, you how do you know it? this we don't know no today today henry one of the guys uh, he had a bet with one of the guys and he goes okay marquez hurt his chin what racetrack was that and erda they asked me that they go, what racetrack was that i said that was Magello. and the dude was like no it wasn't i go yes it was and then they all said and they looked at me and go yeah it was i guess like i i know myself that's all i do I mean, I really? literally would stay to, to 4 o'clock in the morning and watch FP1. Who does that? Nobody. Uh, Wait, you do? Okay, great. Yeah, but you, know what? you guys get it easy because <laughs> on the European rounds, you don't have to stay up late. You may wake up early. Yeah. In America, yeah. we, it's, it's 3 or 4 in the morning. Yeah. You're right. It's that's, a whole other level. That's hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 Q, when, that, and when it's QP, when it's qualifying day, yeah. it's the worst because they have, you know, FP3, then it goes FP1. Four yeah. and then, then the two qualifiers. Yeah. So I'm literally going like, like this. I'm literally doing like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm shadow boxing. Going, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. I gotta see what's gonna happen. And I swear, as soon as FP2 is over, uh, I go, and I yeah. literally just and I'm out. But I literally go, okay, okay, and, and really, all the yeah. I gotta have it live. You can't just watch it later. I have text. Yeah, I have text to prove it. I have text at 5.30 a.m. telling up. me who's on the grid in Moto2. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care. give a shit. I was yeah. sleeping. I I, yeah. they'll still, hey, guess yeah. what? They'll still be on the grid tomorrow. <laughs> There's a lot of syllables in that name, but I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or vowels. I'm sorry, yeah. vowels yeah. is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Both, really. Yeah. Yeah. And he's little. Yeah. And he's not Alonzo's size. No. Oh, so speaking of, speaking but that's of, cool. Now you've got a woman, kindred spirits. Oh, right. So yeah, we yeah. can text, you can text her about it. Let's do it. Yeah, like I'm all over that. Can you believe he did that shit? Exactly. Can you believe he did that? Oh. <laughs> he should be penalized. Absolutely. I know. The was Marquez lost three places. I mean, he, he messed with Vinales. That wasn't a good idea. Was it Vinales? Yeah, it was Vinales. Yeah, I mean, well, but the thing is, I thought I thought it was three three rows. But you just yeah. three, places. three places. He's actually he's actually in a better place almost. Exactly. Almost because on a start, on a start, you're only on the second row and you're on the outside behind. It's, it's a drag race. Next to yeah. Rossi. Next to Rossi. I mean, there's no. a whole bunch of stuff. Going Rossi on there. was in the middle between two people he hate. It was Lorenzo. Yeah. Lorenzo <laughs> left to him. Marquez on the right. It's like your ex-wife and your other ex-wife. Yeah, that yeah. was a Rossi hate sandwich right there. Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. I, I took a photo. I have no there. idea. You feel you guys the are, angst. You, re you realize I follow MotoGP and you're ruining it for me. <laughs> you're ruining. I had full passes, all that VIP paddock grid, the whole deal. I couldn't go because the show. Today. I'll tell you who's going to ruin MotoGP for you. Have you, have you ever heard of Neil Spalding? Like yes. he's this uber geeky presenter guy. Yeah, we should hook to, you up, babe. Yeah, he used to be. Um, he used to do the the MotoGP. Was it for BT Sport or was it before? No, it was BT. Yeah, I think so it was before. He actually. is this technician, and he will tell you about contra rotating cranks and yeah. how that affects the way Hondas versus Yamahas yeah. used to go around corners, like yeah. two years ago. And he he'll show you the pictures of how they corner differently and how they hit the apex differently. That's beautiful. You will never look He's at a, a MotoGP the same again that because is... he can explain everything. The ma the oh. matrix he behind is the deal. Yeah, a mega yeah. geek. The only thing that's kind of weird is he doesn't have 
a human passion for why somebody's better. Because because he was telling us all this technical stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but Rossi's the greatest of all time, right? Because he's he's the sportsman, he's the hero, he's the character, he's he's the embodiment of motorcycle racing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter because he's just a te- he's just a geek. Yeah, he just so cares to him, about the machine. To him, it's the machine yeah. the and numbers, the riders. The data. Just, the riders just a part that you put on top yeah, of the machine. He's got no heroes. He's a jockey. But yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. follow this guy, and he's written an amazing book. What's it called? It's called MotoGP. You need. I think his I saw that. Book. Yes, you I saw it. that. Seriously. But he's but he's Buy like it. what Dylan Gray was last year with the tires. When Dylan Gray was on MotoGP.com, yeah. and they would go down. The greatest example of how great Dylan was. They were in Argentina. I think in 2015, which when the rivalry with Rossi and Marquez kind of started, was mm-hmm. when he goes, when he goes, Marquez tires should start to fall off by seven laps from the end because Marquez had like a three second gap. He was he was almost doing what he did Crushing. at Coda, yeah. and then and it was like clockwork, boom. Mm-hmm. Rossi start yeah. catching him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dylan called that to the T, yeah. and that's when you know uh, he when Marquez came from the inside. He hit Rossi, and then Rossi, you could tell it pissed Rossi off because Rossi crossed back over. And that was on purpose. Yeah. He crossed back over, and he yeah. re- and he crashed yeah. Marquez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dylan called that yeah. to the T. When it came to tires, his knowledge was, I mean, and so, yeah, it's just like that guy you said, Neil Spaulding. It's just like him with the tire. Dylan Gray was He's incredible. the man in the background on the commentary who's following the data. Yes. He'll say when Marquez goes in to change tires first, and he'll say, yeah, but look, he's lapping a second and a half faster than everybody. He's 18 seconds behind. And there's 17 laps to go. So what's going to happen? He's going to win. And yeah. you're going to yeah. catch Christ. Yeah. This is it's like, called this engineering. Is a, it's beautiful. Math. Though. It's uh, amazing. All math. Yeah. But also love the human aspect. It's almost in comparison, like like music. Like Joe Satriani was a great guitarist. It was technical. It was great. You didn't feel him. Stevie Ray Vaughan, you felt him. Mm. So yeah. it's like apples and oranges. You know what I mean? We're in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm good friends with Chris Layton, who is was the drummer in Double Trouble. He's a motorcycle guy. You, you like this, That's right? He's good. looking. He's after Norton right now, actually. He's bucking the crap out of me about a fucking Norton. In fact, <laughs> every Norton he sees, like, should I get this? Should I get that? Um, and I've learned a little bit more about about Stevie because of, because of uh, Chris Layton, and and hearing about what they what they went through and how he changed and through drugs. Sorry, I've totally just shifted the whole conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? But I was a Joe Satriani fan too, yeah, because I played guitar a little bit. And the difference between those two, I was wanting to be Joe Satriani and not Stevie Ray Vaughan. Of course, now, I'd way rather have been Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's, it's just a feeling. I mean, it's There's like, an like, art to it. Yeah, like, but it but that's, the part, that's the part you can't learn. Exactly. You know, you can, yeah. no matter how much you practice, 100%. The, the feel is what you can't so, learn. So now I sound like i got a whole, like, book in front of me. So is, who's, who's the artist? Marquez? Rossi. Ooh, okay. so, Rossi. So here's right, the Spalding right? like, thing. Like I, had, like I have notes for this, but yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, well, what? Spalding's got a thing as there are legends, and there are, what is it, geniuses. Yeah. So Rossi's the legend, yeah. Marquez is the genius. So And he says the other genius was uh, Freddie Spencer. Okay. Oh, um, Freddie was yeah. incredible. See, so I he said there are some people that can ride around any problem, yeah. and whatever bike you give them, they are just not afraid, and they will just rinse Hold on. it. So... You may not know this, but I'm really close with Kevin Schwantz. Mm. We've become mm-hmm. close friends. He comes. In fact, the fact that he's not here is, means he's tired. I know. I know him that mm. well. He's tired. He couldn't come. Um, what do you think of Schwantz? I'd say he's in the genius level. I mean, because he just had pure. Raw I want to know what he thinks. Kevin Schwantz. I'm with him. Yeah. I mean, seriously. He was See, a guy I who think, could ride around any bike. I think a guy like Marquez 
builds on what Rossi did. Because you got to remember, he grew up watching Rossi, 100%. right? Yeah, he yeah. learned yeah, yeah. he learned what yeah, Rossi yeah, no, did. I've seen that yes. photo. And then yeah, yeah. he used that and said, okay, now I'm going to go to the next level you know it, it, it's like it's like going back to, to Kenny Roberts to Freddie Spencer yeah, right you yeah. look at Kenny Roberts and Freddie Spencer was a kid and when Kenny it was when Kenny Roberts knee hit the track everybody's like oh my god what what's he yeah, doing what's he right doing? Yeah. what's, what's, what's he he, he, what the hell right and then and then everybody yeah. learned that and Freddie Spencer came up with that and Freddie Spencer came up with the dirt tracking yeah, yeah. right and then Freddie Spencer took it to the next level and you can see that you see that with athletes in, in any sport, there's one. There's the guy who is the the legend, yeah. who's the great one, and then somebody somebody figures out how to build on that. Somebody takes, okay, I'm gonna take to everything you level. did, yeah. and I'm gonna take it to the next level. And I really think that was that's where Marquez Definitely. is with Rossi, it, and because initially before the rivalry. It was like Rossi blessed Marquez. It 100%. was like Rossi yep. was like telling, like basically telling the world, like, yeah, this kid, this is next. This, like, he's gonna take it over. And then, then the the rivalry started. Like when he did the pass at Laguna. Yeah. When he did the pass to Rossi at Laguna, Rossi laughed about it. Rossi was like, yeah, well, I know where you learned that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That looks yeah, familiar, right? Yeah. 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 But where, where Rossi becomes the legend is he was the kingmaker. Because the kingmaker is the guy who, who actually makes the decision. So when Rossi broke his leg and Lorenzo won the champion that, yeah. championship that year, and everyone was like, oh, Lorenzo only won the championship because Rossi broke his leg. And Rossi was the guy that said, no, Lorenzo earned it. And so all of a sudden he's handing Lorenzo the people's championship. Yeah but he's the endorser. Yeah, that he makes him the king. He's always going to be the people's champion. So, I mean, you all yeah. you have to do is go to any race yeah. and look yeah. in the stands. It's all yellow. It's yellow. What do you, what yeah. do you see? I you was know? there and, today. Yeah. And he's the guy that people who don't know racing know his name, right? Mm. Just like Michael Jordan. Like, you didn't have to know anything about basketball to know the name Michael yeah. Jordan. 100%. And people who don't know racing, not maybe not here in the U.S., but definitely around the world they know who Rossi is yeah. so this this reminds me a bit so so what I was going to get towards with the Schwantz thing is I've gone to Schwantz's house and watched GP with him you know just this past year and, and I'm like I asked the dumb question that I feel like he's been asked a million times which is how in the hell did you get through this I've ridden with him at Coda right and, and enjoyed trying to keep up with him <laughs> on whatever bike it was and seeing his line which was totally different from what I was trying to come through with um and I said, "How did you? How did you get through this?" And he's like, "It's easy, man. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. You just break last, <laughs> right?" We, and, and what he meant was, whatever that guy, you just wait till after he breaks, and then you, then break, you break, and you might crash. <laughs> you might crash, but you're gonna pass yeah. if you don't crash. Yeah. Right. And, and he said this to me. I'm sitting there in his living room, and I'm going. He's fucking serious. Yeah. <laughs> he is complete. He is not fucking with me. So when you say genius, it's a different kind of genius. And yeah, what I was going to directly compare is I've hung out with Wayne a bit. Wayne Rainey, Wayne Rainey. For you guys that don't know, this this was a pretty significant rivalry in MotoGP, yeah. right? And and it was exactly the same. There was the studying guy, which was Wayne, and then there was Kevin, who was just I don't know. Just break glass, yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what I love about him. Yeah. Hey, he, he wants to hang out with his black lab, to, uh, who Tank. Who I know he's going to listen to this. He'll know that he hangs out with his black lab and he goes hunting, and he he 
told we were in Vegas together a couple months ago for the auctions, and he was telling me that uh, how quickly he went to MotoGP. It was like he got on a his parents owned a Yamaha dealership in Houston. He got on a bike, entered a race, he won that race, he won like five races, jumped a class, and then went to MotoGP. Whoa, two classes. Yeah, that was like, and he was in MotoGP because. He just wasn't afraid to That's break it. He's going to break it. That's still incredible. <laughs> right. What yeah. I think is funny. In like two was, years. Was how people fell for the April Fool's joke that he was going to ride Moto 2. He's going to be teammates with Joe Roberts <laughs> and Kevin Schwab. When did that happen? Oh, how old he is. You didn't hear about this joke? No, no, it was an April no, Fool's no. joke. Like, yeah, Kevin Schwab's come back to Moto GP. No, he's, he's, he's racing Moto 2. He's going to be teammates with Joe Roberts, the only American in, you know, in the yeah, series. Yeah. And he's people 50. fell for like, man, Schwantz. I mean, they really were like, Schwantz is back. And man, that, it made my stomach hurt that people fell for like, Kevin Schwantz really going to ride? Really? Yeah, they were like a wild card. <laughs> Kevin Schwantz really? wild card. And, G- and people fell for it. Dude, he, he so, did you see that BMW we built? Yes, you did. You did. All right. The, the BMW S1000 we built yeah. is to endurance race, mm-hmm. with, endurance race with Schwanz, Lau Lovett, and then me and our shop manager, who's a racer. We were gonna intending to race all this, and it's so hard to put that together because I am certain that Kevin Schwanz is going to crash my bike. <laughs> <laughs> I tease him constantly. You're going to crash it, and then we're all going to be done. You'll be the fastest guy. You'll set the fastest lap, and then you're going to go down. It's all going to be over. All this beautiful aluminum bodywork we built on this bike because he's going to find the end. So, true story, we, we got this bike from BMW because I, after I, I did a track day out there, I said, we have to have this bike. I want to do a custom S1000RR, yeah. 200 horsepower. All that technology was so good. And uh, we we got, I did maybe 10 miles on it myself because I was afraid to ride this thing on the street. I, I have no self-control. Schwantz takes it, puts the other 500 miles on it that you need to get to the break-in point. So they set it from the factory with 150 horsepower, mm. which isn't enough. So Schwantz texts me. They go to uh, Texas World Speedway into a track day, Chris and Schwantz. 147 in the back straight, it's all I can get out of it, right? This, it won't go any faster. 147, it's bullshit. <laughs> then he takes the bike, and he's riding around town, and he texts me the day after he got to 501 miles. He goes, that's bullshit, that 501 miles thing. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I was at, I was at 499, full fucking throttle, and it got to 500, and nothing happened. <laughs> because he didn't realize what it meant was you get to 500 miles and you take it back to the right, dealer. Right, take it in, they do the first <laughs> service. You. The true story, dude. It's like nothing happened when I got to 500. Well, I thought it was gonna, I was gonna get 50 horsepower when I got there. Brilliant. Right. That's rider. They should change it so that's exactly how it. Yeah, goes. yeah, yes. sorry. Right. That's on. like a gift. That, right that is exactly what they should do. That's kind of what you wasn't true, but it's totally yeah, true. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Really? That's yeah. great but that's story. truly a racer, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how it works. Just yeah. make it go faster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care just, how it works. Make it go faster. Yeah, yeah. Just no, do it. No, 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 Kevin is not technical. Yeah. He, he <laughs> is purely like visceral. Purely yeah. visceral. Mm-hmm. Which is what you need sometimes. I, I feel that. That shit cracked me up. I couldn't stop it. Sorry, I kind of wish it wasn't true, but it's totally true. Anyway, sorry. So tell me more. I'm, I'm actually interested in hearing because I don't really, I don't really follow it as closely as I once did as a kid. The Marquez well, Ross thing. I'm aware, but yeah. I, I don't read I mean, the articles. I, I watch the race. I don't follow it the way he does. I'll t- I will tell you my best MotoGP moment because it was here, 
at Coda. I was hanging out in the A-Stars tent watching the race with Ben Spees. Oh, God. And oh. so Ben is, is, we were watching Moto2, and he's kind of talking me through a lap and what they're thinking about and what they do. Right, and, yeah. and so I asked him, what's turn one like, right? Because turn one, you're doing, you know, 200 miles an hour into a 35 mile. And he's like, well, he said, when you're in the front, all you're thinking about is like that no one takes you out from behind. You know, he's because he says, because you're braking so hard. And he says, yeah. you know, like when you brake so hard, the tire comes off the rim. You yep. know what that? And I'm like, no, Ben, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> like I haven't done, and he actually did that in, in a world superbike race in South Africa. He brakes so, and it's like, no, nah, I haven't done that. But but keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> these are great stories. Next when time. when Next I time. lie about what I did, I want to be accurate. But, <laughs> but it, it's it's fun. It's like anything when you listen to somebody who's a master of it, yeah. and you like what they're thinking or what they and he and it's it's so far ahead of what you're thinking about. You know, yeah. as far as as picking a line and like you said, breaking last getting on the power and um, and he's I'd say he's more the technical genius type I, I don't think he's the feeling type I think Ben has it figured out like he's he has scientist. a strategy yeah. Yeah. through yeah. the whole race and he knows exactly what he's going to do and what the bike's going to do but it was fun to listen to him talk about what it's like battling in the middle of the pack and and just work you know yeah riding the bike to the uh, because you know you know what the difference is with them when something wrong it's the bike you know what i mean like like yeah. with us like, yeah well, i'll speak for myself yeah like with me i'm not pushing the bike to the it's limit me. so if there's yeah. a problem i'm gonna go with it's me yeah but when they have a problem it's the bike it's the and bike. they know what it is yeah. on the bike because they're not know? just next level they're like seven levels ahead. yeah they're, so, they're, so. they're operating on it on it just a different level so, and yeah I got to do the track day with BMW again recently when we finished the aluminum bodywork on that bike, and it was great. And the new model came out, and relatively nothing had changed. So we took our bike out there, but they put me on the HP4 race. Right. Which you know this bike? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it is the version of that bike, but it weighs 80 pounds less, yeah. maybe more. All carbon fiber frame. Rocket. Ooh. Rocket with an extra 30, 40 horsepower. It's carbon fiber. Carbon fiber, right? Yeah, yeah. All of it. And I'm a not good i was gonna use <laughs> i am not good i'm 200 pounds of, of awkward right you know like i, I i'm already that s1000 rr i'm i'm getting 170 in the back straight and just can't fucking believe it when i hit the brakes and, it, and i get through the back straight mm -hmm. and the, into the, to turn 16 17 15 16 17 and they take me out and they go they're like I could tell they're like, "Oh, this guy's got some PR swing." Is essentially why they're going to put me on this. Yeah, I think it's a hundred thousand dollar motorcycle. I think you can do a four hundred miles on it before you have mm -hmm. to, or maybe it's eight hundred miles before you have to do a motor rebuild. Like it's that precise of a machine. They're going to stick my butt on it <laughs> because because there's going to be an Instagram shot or some right. shit, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'll take it. I don't care, right? I want to ride this bike. So I get out there and instantly, so they want they take me with an instructor. Not they're not going to just let me free. And he's in front of me. And he says, okay, so it's in uh, wet mode now. Once we get to lap two, your tires will be warm enough. Hit the green button three times or whatever the hell it mm -hmm. was and say abracadabra. And this shit was going to go to dry <laughs> mode. And I was going to go to the next level. And if we get good at that next level, <laughs> right on the next lap, true story, dude. You hit it again, and it'll go to the third mode. I see what's and coming. I'm, right? See what's and coming. I'm like, all right, cool. We get through that first lap, and I'm like, 
immediately everything's just easier. The bike feels like it's it's part yeah, of the me. Bike's made and, to do and, it. And I'm having trouble keeping up with the instructor, right? And and then we get through, and I'm doing a 180 or whatever the hell it was in the back straight. I don't, I can't see the speedo on this bike because the speedo doesn't matter. It's all tack, and I know I'm I'm carrying a lot more speed. And then we get to that second lap, and we get to the back the back turn before you get to the come to the straight. And he taps on the fairing, which was my signal to tap this button, and and I launch it through second, third, fourth wheelies all the way down like i have no idea how fast i'm going and and i'm like oh man dry mode is so much better and then i realized it never shifted modes it was just me being willing to give it the shit yeah. right? and, then, and in my head by the time i got to the end of the straight and it and i didn't crash i was like fuck it i'm leaving it in this this is fun yeah, for yeah. Me. this is good and we did like six or seven more laps and and I'm completely spent and tired because holding, you know, I used to weigh 140 pounds and be this height, and now I'm 200. And to hold yourself on a bike at that speed, it takes, I'm, if you I was your muscles, fit. dude, it yeah. might be okay, but I don't have the stamina. No, I don't have the and strength. it's, it's yeah. a physical, no, that, that's yeah. why they're jockeys. Like, oh, there's a reason Look at Danny that they're jockeys. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I call him sixth grade Danny because he's like an average sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> I do I call him sixth grade Danny. <laughs> Seriously, man, he's so he's that little. Yeah, no, no, like, yeah. Marquez is like yeah. this tall. Yeah. Don't they have to, like when they when they do the you know when they're getting ready to start like put he has, a step he can be on under. his tippy toes. Right, they got one toe on the ground. Yeah, the bike on tippy toes. Some blocks up for him. I don't think he can street ride a bike because he would tip over. I mean, there's no way. To work. They put him on a grom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got a grom with his name yeah. on it. <laughs> Yeah. He needs centrifugal force over a hundred to keep it upright. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But what he did today was incredible with that broken don't tell wrist. Me. God damn yeah. it! I don't want to I mean, hear. Oh, he man. doesn't know. Man, you can't. Okay, okay, okay. I heard Marquez yeah. won, but I already knew he won before it started. Let me tell you something. I was in both. I was in both press conferences. I don't want to brag. I was in both press conferences, <laughs> and when that, you know, when and I, even I didn't know at the time. I know they were talking about should he be sanctioned for being on Marquez. I mean, uh, uh, Vinales's line. And so I like to watch that the, the body language and everything about it. But you know they can they can say what they want to say, but you can tell by the body language. And man, the way Mark is, they're like, Mark, you've been penalized. You know, you got to go back good spots. You have to make you feel. And you know, Marquez always says the right thing, but man, he has some vitriol and a little bite. So he goes, you know what? Still got the watch, and I still got 25 points counting toward the BMW win for most, for most polls in the season. He said it not as snarky as that, but it was a kind of like. Uh, yeah, you think I care? I still yeah. got the watch. Like, yeah. 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 The record stands, right? Yeah. Yeah. He still gets the pole position record. Right. Yeah, still yeah. Even yeah. He and he said it like that, and I was like... So he's like, oh, I don't... Basically yeah. saying, I don't give a shit. That's what he said. Yeah. Basically, yeah. What he said. And, and then I watched Vinales. Vinales was kind of like, you know, Vinales was real cool, but he tells his body language was like, yeah, I'm going to say this. You know, it's frustrating because you know he's better than you. You know, you know he's better. He knows he's better, and you know he's better. A, you know and that's, that's frustrating. I don't know if he's, if he's better, because honestly, when Vinales get, and they, they haven't had the duel that I've wanted them to have. When Vinales started off, you know, 2-0 and last year, he, he, he won the first two of the season. He won Qatar, 
Argentina, and then so I was, I was looking for the big duel here, and it never, you know, it never materialized because Vinales washed out last year, and it, and for some reason it never materialized last year. But I'm still waiting on that duel because Vinales, yeah. nobody knows how something. good he is. Like yeah. I said, the best race ever was 2009 Rossi Lorenzo in Catalonia. Rossi made that pass oh, and yeah. no one oh, ever saw it coming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I nearly yeah. died. The yeah. second best race ever was the Moto3 Championship with Vinales, Rins, and God bless his soul, Louis Salam. And, uh, and Miguel, no, Miguel, it was Luis Salam. And so Salam washed out, but it was Renz Vinales, Renz Vinales, the last lap, and the move Vinales made on him. That was, I mean, it still makes the back of my hair stand up. And I go, this dude knows how to win. And considering the fact he was literally out of the championship because he, he he and his team weren't getting along. So he flew home. And I guess either the manager said, hey, I think you better get here because the contract says this. So he flew his ass back. He needs to come like, he's, back. Like, he's like a 19-year-old hothead. So he had to come back. And he had to back and it was like he was out of the championship and for some reason in the flyaway people don't know how great the flyaways really make a championship it's broken down in three places the first three races of the year which kind of you kind of salvage your points if those three tracks aren't to your liking you just want to get some points and then like rossi said last year here european that's the when the championship starts the european rounds but no one mentions the fact that the flyaways really make the difference because you got to fly from malaysia to to to, to, to australia to, to, to valencia i mean the, the flyaways are what makes yeah. it. And so when Vinales did what he did, he was out of it. And then all of a sudden, Motegi, he pulls something out of his ass. He's back in the championship. And then he goes to Australia and did what he did. And then to bring it back when they went to Valencia. I mean, that was, that was incredible. <laughs> That's all you want. I'm that was incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that's when I said, this kid knows how yeah. to win. Yeah. That, I mean, watch his crew and, his, and Pat, know what they went through. And they were at odds with each other in the win like that. Man, you watch when Vinales gets that bike. He said it today during the press conference. He goes, we're coming. I like the way the bike's coming on. And they let him. Vinales is going old school. He's taking away the electronics. He wants to go by feel. He's taking away some of the electronics oh. from the bike is what he's doing. So he's kind of going old school with it. And he kind of said it, not snarky, but he kind of said, go, I like the way we're going. And he said it with, with, with a little confidence. So when they get over to the European rounds, we're going to see what's going to happen. You know, I think that's going to be Alan, a whole another, whole another kick. Now you know why he can't get a date. <laughs> because that that is this Don't this worry, is honey, this is knowledge this is knowledge gained no this is day. knowledge gained between two and five a.m. Okay, and this between is why Vicky yeah. and JT. Between JT and Vicky, a lot of monsters you're in trouble. Dutch hadn't said anything in twenty minutes. Dutch is like, I got that was the perfect. What I like about that was that was my Leno moment whenever. I'm talking Leno, I can tell he kind of fades out and he's like, I got a joke for this. When he's done, yeah. I'm going to drop, drop it on him. So, <laughs> so that's, that's a perfect segue into what I was about to say, which is competition. Who's the artist and who's the scientist as a comedian between the two of you? Oh, definitely. He's, 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 the, the, uh, he's the everything. With the way Alonzo breaks it down. The simplicity, but the complexity of the simplicity. I was going to say, joke. that's what I feel yeah. about when I've heard your stuff. Oh, Because my. I was after I met you, that started listening to right. what you do. I, You yeah. know, I don't know. I don't, you don't think of just like, it's like you making a bike, right? You don't sit there. I think in any creative um, venture, you don't think about the creative process. You just do it. Absolutely. You know, because when people ask me like, how do I make something funny? It's like, well, if it's funny to me, then it's funny, you know? Right, yeah. And the, the hardest thing to do is to get hired to do something specific, right? Oh, right, so, if you were so, doing a host show like Oscars or some right. shit. Right, and then right, you right. have to write jokes. Yeah. That That's hard because then you're just looking for something 
to spark it and then like okay oh this is funny and now I can write this and then it'll grow from there but but as far as just organically being funny I love going on stage not knowing what I'm going to talk about because then it's just you know my favorite I've always said my favorite joke is something that's funny in the moment right there and it'll never be funny yeah. again because it just yeah, in that in moment, moment right, it was yeah. the perfect yes. you pull it out. joke or the perfect yeah. line and, timely uh, to put yeah, it mildly yeah, yeah it yeah, just yeah. in the mo- you can and they, but, they know it's in the is, moment i i'm considered i'm considered the science side because i'm a writer because right. i love writing You're contemplating jokes. all so, of that so ahead of time i think that's what people say like that's the compliment i get like man you can write a joke and you know so i take that so you're you're polishing compliment. the same way you polish motorcycles you're yeah, polishing your jokes and getting yeah. them just right but but, but i don't polish <laughs> well, no perf- i don't stick with something long enough to polish it because i love topical so okay. so in order to polish something you got to have a bit but you know say you had a bit about uh, like i had a bit about riding my motorcycle cross country right and if I kept doing that bit for six months, then it would be a polished 10 minutes on it. But it's like, well, that only struck me as funny for two months. And then I was like, I got to talk about something else. Because it doesn't feel Whereas natural. Right. Other yeah, yeah. comics will stick with a bit. And in the course of a year, you'll see like you'll see the transformation and be like, wow, that's a, that's become amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, um, I get kind of bored. But and so. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, like oh, the other night, say, yeah. you had a joke. I've been doing. You did it last night about how uh, you know you know you get older when you fall and nobody yeah. laughs. And I had the same joke, but you took it. You went this far where my ends here, and I was watching. Okay, I had the same joke. See where he's gonna take it. And I was like, this son of a bitch. Tell me. Tell <laughs> me. I want to hear the joke. Tell me. I want to hear the joke. So well, and and this came from we were in we were on a tour through Canada. And somebody fell down, and and I was just talking about how, so you can tell how how old somebody is, because like in your twenties, right, when you fall down, you just pop back up, yeah, right, yeah. and you're only nobody concerned, did. did I look cool, yeah. right? You just look around if nobody saw me, right? Nobody, all right, you look around, right? Then, all right, we're good, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Then then if you're in your thirties, when you fall down in your thirties, now you got to act like it didn't hurt, yes, right? You know it hurt. Yeah. You're gonna go home. You're gonna get some some. Tylenol and some ice, but you just kind of walk it off, you know, this and that. And then, oh, like, when you hit your 40s and your 50s, now when you fall, people don't let you get up. The minute you hit the ground, no, stay down. Stay no, down, you're not down. okay. <laughs> you, I, no, you fell. You need to stay down, check awesome. yourself, breathe. 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 Yeah, yeah breathe. you always breathe. Just, breathe. just breathe. Just breathe if you want a cup of tea with some then, sugar. The best. Then when you hit 60, now when you fall, they just call 911. They don't even mess around. Just call 911. He fell. Like he's still down. Just get over here. Right? Then, if you're lucky and you get old and you hit 80 and you fall, people just fly in from out of state. They just, we, we heard you fell. We got here, we got here as quick as we could. No, we heard you fell. We're here. Did you come in? I came in from out of state. He fell. You know? It's done. Yeah. It's done. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Yeah, My yeah. joke ends there. And that's why I was like, God. You know what that's I mean? that's like, good. Yeah. 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 So and that just grew. That grew over time from the initial. Because the first thing is when you fall in your twenties, you just pop up, and then it's like, yeah. But as you, you know, so those jokes change. Like you go on stage, and just little lines and nuance comes in, and you. It's it, again. I it, I don't know your exact process for building a bike, but that's how it, it goes. I, I'll have a joke, and then I'll just think of lines, and I'll add this, and I'll turn. You know. So. I've embraced the fact that I'm a creative, 
but it took me 35 years. And when people, so my dad, I was, a, I was an artist and I drew things and I wanted to be an architect. Uh, and then I realized that to be a successful architect, that was like wanting to be famous. And I realized that was fucking absurd. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> wanting to be famous was an absurd concept yeah. when I was, you know, a senior in high school and I changed my, my notion. I went and got a degree in business and finance uh, because that was going to make me lots of money and with money I could buy whatever I wanted. Um, and uh, then I got fired from my first job when I was 31 probably. And, and I've never been fired. I, I said I meant I didn't mean first job. I meant I got fired for the first time from a right. job, mm. and uh, and I was kicking ass, and it was for political reasons. I'd pissed off the wrong person, and I realized when I got fired, fuck that, I'm never going back. And I embraced the fact that I was going to build a business, and then over time, as I started to do things, I was like, all right, well, I remember there was a girl I knew at the time that said, would say, I'm a creative. She worked for some ad agency in New York, and she was like. I'm a creative, and I fucking hated her for saying that because she sounded so full of herself. But then now, and, and only that that's only important because I realized that ultimately I am creative. But what I thought a creative person was was someone that pulled an idea from the ether, from, from absolute black space, that pulled something out that was completely unique that no one had ever heard of and turned it into something brilliant and it bloomed. And then one... I, I, sorry, I got deep quick. But the truth is... I realize that no one that is creative is actually pulling things from the ether. They're taking what they've seen, their influences, whether it's a motorcycle builder or a comedian or Sam Kennison, right? Like, like right. They're, they're pulling mm -hmm. from those things and those influences and the things they've seen, whether it's someone who fell, <laughs> who yeah. got you to think about it, right? Yeah. And then they're polishing that and turning it into their thing and their version of what, of what it is and what makes it interesting or funny or whatever the hell it is. And, and that's their thing. And that's enough. And that's enough. And I yeah. have a million examples. Of that's that. the and that, but that's the hard thing, right? The that's enough part, because like I love stand up and I love the creativity of stand up. But I always say, but I'd also love to have a million dollars. You know, and when when I talk to young comics, I tell them, listen, you got to learn marketing because that was the part I never worked on. And branding, right? Yeah, all the I never thing, worked right? on that. I always, and I depended on other people to do it, and they didn't do it, and blah blah blah. I could go into that, but. But the truth is, you know, like I tell them, like, listen, you got to do that. You got to work on the act, but you also have to work on selling and and creating. And the people who are the best example of that, I work with a lot of jazz musicians, and they're the one. Really? You talk so about I'm a, I'm a jazz person. You talk about being purely creative and right. never getting paid. Yeah, right? I mean, never being even appreciated until they're dead. Yeah, the most yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah. musicians, like you, you know, that. You know, we talked about Justin Timberlake, right? So. A thousand times more people know who Justin Timberlake is than Herbie Hancock, and Herbie Hancock's considered famous. Yeah, but, or Whitney Marsalis. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, 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 and, and nobody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you you do one pop hit, and you're and all of these guys and in exactly. jazz they make their money in the band for a pop star. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a jazz guitarist, but I play guitar on tour with Justin Timberlake, JT, and I yeah. I live my whole year on that. But when it comes to just creativity for art's sake, and that's all they do. I, I joke with them about it all the time, right? Because they can take, you know, Miles Davis wrote So What in 1959, right? And and um, you can, as a jazz artist today, you can play that. And they're like, man, you're brilliant. I'm like, wait a minute. I can never do, hey, man, 
Eddie Murphy wrote this little bit in 1983. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. But they can do it, you know. But it's what they do. You yeah. take something and you grow and expand on it. But but watching, that, that to me, that was like one of my highest compliments when jazz artists were like, man, you are like, you're, you're, you're improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and they yeah. talked about it. They said, man, it's like jazz. And I'm like, wow, coming from you, That's something. that means something. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, so, yeah, it's... And again, it's the same thing, I think, with the bikes, with the build, where you go from from what is there to what you create. You know, sometimes... Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and it's also not appreciated by everyone, right? So when you go to the hand-built, some are like, oh, that's a pretty bike. And then you have the other people who are looking at the machining, looking at the, the work you did, yeah. and what you guys, you know, what you've created. Like, we were talking... The other day, right, when I was talking about my CBX that's yeah. coming together, yeah. and I said, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with colors, and, and Alan's like, um, I do colors. So you're going to get a call. Yeah. You're right, going to get a call when colors when it's together. Thing. It's like, all right, now what color do we make it? So I didn't overset the boundary because when I said that, I was like, man, I don't know. No. There's pressure involved. No, because that's man. something I've, I've learned over the years what I don't know. Right. And stay in your lane. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so stay there's, in your lane. Yeah, there's yeah. someone who knows something I don't know. I'm going to ask them. Just like today when they asked you about when did it, when did he hurt his chin. See, they knew you knew that because you don't go out with women. You, yeah. you just <laughs> watch these things. Because you don't have a social, right. yeah. sexual life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you know, he has no women in the way of his race knowledge. Dude, would you set that up in your head just now? No, it just no. it just flows, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, if you've been with someone no, for twenty, I don't argue with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, yeah, well, you got a point. Yeah, yeah. I got real good at masturbating. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, see, he took it. Now, now it got personal. See, yeah, see, yeah. see yeah, now you see the difference. Now it's 2015, <laughs> Argentina, <Yeah>. and acid. <laughs> <laughs> now we're Marquez Ross. <laughs> you finish, you're like, damn, I'm good at that. <laughs> I don't need a woman. <laughs> I just need MotoGP and Rossi. In Marquez, so yeah, was... the, the creative part, man. I, whenever I have that conversation with someone, and there's actually a specific person that I reference that's local, you would never know. And I saw she's a famous hotelier, and she's a, a, amazing. And I thought she, w I lived next door to her, and she was the San Jose and Saint Cecilia and mm -hmm. these other hotels that are in town. You don't know what I'm talking about. I no, love I, you. I, don't. I, I, it's okay. It's totally cool. I was inspired by her stuff, and I went out to Marfa and saw. Uh, the, an artist called Donald Judd. Does anybody know who he is? I'll, see, I'll share it with you later. Yeah. And I saw some of the stuff he was doing out in Marfa. Do you know what Marfa is? Yeah. I've heard of Marfa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, explain it. Again, there's these localized things that you see mm -hmm. and you start to learn about it. And I, I worshipped what was happening out in this West Texas town in the middle of the desert. Anyway, long story short, it was I went out there after knowing her work and what she was doing as in, interior design and 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 spaces and her color palette and all these things and I went there and saw it and went, holy crap, this is 40 years prior to her. She saw this, was inspired by it because her family had land out there and brought her version and turned her version into this very very successful thing that just just got bought by the Standard, in fact. And I realized that all ideas don't have to come from nothing. They can yeah. just be your interpretation of what you've seen, and man, it's it's meant the, it, it's meant a whole lot to me personally. Yeah, I think, and I think both work. I think there are some people. Well, I know in comedy there are some people, and I admire them. The ones who it's 
total imagination. Yeah. They just come up, create scenarios. Who are those scenario, guys? Dude, I'm curious. Just create scenarios. Harlan Williams is a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who uh, he yeah, operates from really a whole funny. different world, and it, it's, it's another level. Yeah, it's yeah, hilarious, yeah. but it but it's all coming out of his head. It's just, you know he's not using any real situation. It's just creativity. Uh, Steve Martin was that. Yeah, yeah. Steve Martin, yeah. Was Texas boy, that. by the way, he's from Waco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, just yeah. it was just this strange and and guys like that. He, you know, you had to catch up with him, right? Steve yeah. Martin was hilarious was for years brilliant. before people realized how funny he was yeah. because it was so out there. Neck, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, you know who used to kill me like that? The kids in the hall. I love kids in the, the hall. Kids in the, the hall. kids in the hall. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, thing, yeah. I'm crushing your head. That was the stupidest, funniest thing in the world, right? And it was one of those things, like, anybody who ever looked through a camera was like, why didn't I think of that? Like, that is yes. the simplest yeah. kid joke in the world. And he had all of us. Like, he had everybody was, like, doing head crusher, right? I'm crushing your head. Like, when you I create... I forgot that that was from them. You yeah, create yeah, yeah. something out of nothing, and it becomes part of the culture. That's amazing Actually, there are a lot of things like that that I've thought about that, where you realize it's affected so many people and millions of folks, and there's all these sayings that evolve and they come out, and I can't think of a single one right now, but there's ones that I am currently using... Uh, dabbing and and all these things that I think are funny cultural things that come out of nothing and you and it it, it permeates everything well you look right? at you know Star and you know Wars. one guy thought of it and just said it once you sorry look at, look at Star Wars I didn't mean to interrupt you but like when you say the force like George Lucas gets to say yeah I I did yeah. that trademark that, that was mine that was mine you know people, yeah, people yeah. are talking like Yoda yeah that was yeah, that that's one, me. That's a good example. Right? <laughs> you know? Universal. Yeah. No matter where you are. Yeah. Culturally, just yeah. a cultural shift from his creation. The Simpsons, a cultural shift from their creation. When, and when you said it, I actually thought of immediately Monty Python, which is yeah. more UK-based. They were Definitely. just unreal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, and the thing they had to play with, which was great in the UK, was class. The whole yeah. class system. Because they mocked it. Yeah, yeah I mean, really, and really they, well. They, yeah. they mocked it and they, they, they wore it too because they were proper middle class boys. <laughs> but they had a whole wealth of material that I think when the rest of the world looked in on, it, it was something quite unique. Yeah. But And the, the, the whole sense of just stupidity. And they weren't afraid to deal with things like religion. I mean, yeah. the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, just brilliant. Yeah. So much British humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, brilliant. yeah. And just joyous to just watch it grow and emerge. And it all just came out of, of a lot of silliness. Just real, real silliness. I've recently been inspired by uh, Seinfeld and the comedians of Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah. And literally the reason I bought these mics was that when I saw that first season. And I was like, Here's a guy who's finding an excuse to go hang out with his buddies, drive the stuff that is his passion, right? Drive these cars, and just chat with them over coffee and share that experience with other folks. Right. And this podcasting thing, I'll have to admit, has never really gone anywhere because my commitment to it has never taken much. I don't have time for it. Like the mics should just be here at all times because we have conversations like this all the time. But um, when I watched him... It was actually because of my personal relationship with Leno, and I watched the episode with Leno, and I saw a side of Jay that I thought he never let out, yeah. right? Because two friends were chatting about their, their shared passions with cars. Right. Sorry that it comes back to cars, but it does. 
Um, <clears throat> and hearing the two very different styles work together so well, it seemed so natural. And I was like, man, that's... So, in other words, literally, as we're talking about this, this is inspired by someone else doing something that's not really creative, but maybe it is? I don't know. Well, like, it, it, it was in the sense that Seinfeld's done it all, right? So he's done the stand-up thing, and he became famous as a stand-up, and then he had a TV show, and he became, you know, famous multimillionaire. I was blah, say, blah, blah, so blah, rich. Blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and <clears throat> it's just like, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I just want to talk to my friends, you know. Like I, like we were talking the other day about Leno's yeah. Garage. I always tell people, well, Leno's Garage is what Jay Leno would be doing if he didn't have a TV show. Right, just inviting friends over to play with his toy, you yeah. know, toy cars and motorcycles and this and that, and and I think Seinfeld just like he wants to talk to people and it goes wherever it goes. It's not, it's not an so interview. No it's not yeah, you know yeah. what show do you have coming up or what script is this or what movie. There's it's no acting. Like, let's just talk about who you are and did and you so see, on. Did you see the episode with? Uh, just completely lost it. Gagger. What's that? Guy or girl? Uh, guy. Where he just passed away. I just completely lost it. Uh, uh, Gary Shanley. Shanley. Gary Shanley. Oh, Sham. No, I didn't see that one. It was right before he died. Mm. And like it, it. You, I actually watched the episode before he died. It came out right then, and so meaning they may have filmed it a year earlier. I don't really know, but I watched the episode. Do you? You guys know Gary Shanley? Nice. You should Google this. He's okay. A, he was. He was amazing. He had a I don't know. Was, show. Was he an influence show. on you guys? Yeah. I mean, oh, Shanley was great. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. And and Gary Shanley, uh, I watched the episode and I remember thinking, wow, man, he's not the same. Like, he seems to have aged. And then he passed away a few months later, right after he did this. It was the last thing he did on camera. Mm. And he was a legend here. And anyway, um, and I found it really touching because he'd captured this moment of Gary. You know, he was so self-deprecating. He was so such a natural comic and he wasn't afraid to say whatever the hell he wanted at the end of his life yeah but there was this side of him i never saw and it was so personal i was so inspired by that but again what i was going to say was that the inspiration with with seinfeld and watching him get to do what he wants to do when i met leno the reason i became friends with leno but what you just said is totally true i was there with bruff superior right so do you know bruff superior no. there's one down right below us it's a half million dollar pre-war motorcycle it was the sport bike of the 20s it's not the shifter bike is it the, the one, one on the table yeah, right yeah that's no right. that's an indian there's an indian we're I talking mean, right about the one with the hand shift yeah. that's okay. the indian okay. we could get really geeky for a while but <laughs> it's got all these push rods <laughs> overhead valve yeah. it was the rolls royce of motorcycles in, 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 in britain all over the world but okay. it was the fastest thing out there um the one that's below us is uh been turned into a replica of the tc lawrence uh, yeah, this is a long story, but anyway, I could get. I, I'm going to geek out on motorcycles. Anyway, um, we were. I was with Bruce Superior, and I'd met up with these guys from a, a British, uh, um, a guy who owns the brand, and we were going to go to Bonneville to set a, a land speed record. And I met up with Paul De Orleans, the vintage, at Jay Leno's place with Bruce Superior, the brand, and my guys, my team, which was only three of us at the time. Um, we were going to be the support crew, the ground support crew, to make this thing happen. And we met at Jay's place, and he was on vacation for a week. He was still doing The Tonight Show. Yeah. And he spent a whole week on vacation with us in the workshop, working on motorcycles and cars. And, and while he's 
Oh, by the way, turn your ringer off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good advice. We didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't get the memo. You, you know, it, it's like really late in, in the UK right now. I can't believe yeah. your phone's going off. Uh, it's Howard. It's Howard. It's Howard. That's right. He's relentless. Anyway, um, is that uh, you saw that his vacation the whole week was spent with us. Yeah. And because I was there this, this perfect time, he was there every car. We were getting cars running. I got to ride in that big steam tractor, yeah. that mm -hmm. big, giant, like 300-ton right. thing. I rode in a, a Cord, I rode in a, a steam car, a white, and I rode all this crazy stuff. His vacation was doing what he does now. Yeah. Sorry, it's not didn't that he deep, buy, but yeah. Didn't he buy, like, a bunch of rough superiors, like... It still hurts me. He bought, like, yes. eight or ten of them or something like that from a... Ten? He bought eighteen. Eighteen, yeah, and then... I think it was sixteen, he already had two. Something like that, He yeah. has the largest collection of rough superiors in the whole right, world. Right, he bought the collection from somebody who... In I don't England. know if they passed away or sold yeah. it or whatever, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, he passed away. Because I remember going to the garage and he just had them all. He's like, yeah, Dude. yeah, I just bought those. Yeah. <laughs> New toys. I love that we all do the same. Yeah. New yeah. Toys. So, so I did a podcast here. The first podcast I ever did was with was with Leno. <laughs> and we filmed for the Handbuilt Show and he sat right there. And we, were, we came in here. It was fucking, it was the same time of year, obviously, but it was hot and we were all sweating. And we've been on a motorcycle ride with a camera crew and all this shit. You know how that really goes. It's not much yeah. fun. And we sit down and we start to cool off in here because it's nice AC. And he, we, we just hit record. But the, like the conversation that literally was occurring while filming on out on location, and then at every stoplight, we go to my house and he's telling me how I shouldn't have a mortgage and I shouldn't I shouldn't invest in real estate because that's credit. And like he's so yeah. he's so specific. <laughs> I, I love hanging out with Jay because it's like I'm hanging out with some old uncle who has no grasp on reality whatsoever right. he's like you shouldn't have credit cards credit cards are not good and i'm yeah. like you're a man of the world anyway i go to <laughs> go to lindo's this last time and he goes hey come over here i'm going to show you something and we go into the back corner and there's 18 rough superiors in a room in an area of a room yeah. right at that point because the room hadn't been built it was about the size of this office like just stacked up and i couldn't get between them to take photos and i was like what the fuck? Why do you yeah. have all these bikes? Mm -hmm. Each one of the Bruff Superiors is worth minimum 100 grand, right? And he's bought them all at one go. And he goes, don't show anybody these photos. And I'm like, why? He goes, I think the UK might come after me for this. This could be something like heritage. <laughs> <laughs> he's afraid that they're going to try to... Stole history. They're gonna, they're, exactly. They're going to pull it back as a museum history because it's the largest collection wow. of Bruff Superiors in the whole world because they only made like a few hundred yeah. ever right anyway um and eventually he's obviously uh, alonzo's seen it he built a room that's like probably five thousand square feet yeah and they're all just spread out i'll show you some stuff the later. story really i heard cool. about him that i like the most was um i think i think it was hugo talking about it because he's, he's hung out with him a few times was you could be talking to jay and he'll be showing you a bike and he he, he likes to start them up yeah but then he'll start up a bike get on it and just go and, and take and, off and, and he's left people standing there before because he just gets caught in the moment yeah and it's like oh this bike's running I I'm going to ride it now I like that <laughs> and well, then everything, he's gone everything and you're like, he has oh, works and, and I've got this vision of, of kind of Jay kind of entertaining people taking him around showing the garage and then just leaving him standing there kind of awkwardly because <laughs> he's just like no just, Fell in love do you know with what? A bike. this bike's more interesting than you <laughs> are I'm going to go ride it <laughs> or, be or better yet you're wrenching on a Bruff Superior that's his while in between working on our land speed bike and he comes in in a Cord, which is this early American, uh, they call it the Baby Duesenberg, right? This beautiful car, because I'm with Sam Lovegrove. Do you know Sam? No. He's on um, Shed and Buried. 
TV show in the yeah, UK. Yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, that he's, we, he's we, the guy We on don't get show. to watch TV anymore. It's okay. I don't watch TV yeah. either. Back I wouldn't day, know about I it if it wasn't TV. for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember TV. Yeah, I anyway, TV he's, he, he's, he's become something in the, in the UK. Anyway, uh, Sam and I were there working on Bruffs, and he pulls in in this court and goes, are you guys getting in or what? Because it's a four-door and a big car. And we get in, and we're like, have no clue where he's taking us. He pulls up on the freeway in this 1930s car going 70 miles an hour between big rigs. I'm fucking in the back seat, scared to death. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, Stefan and I are sitting. I've got great photos. I'll show you sometime. And I'm going, we're gonna fucking die. We're we're gonna die. He is gonna kill us on this freeway in a car with Jay Leno. And he takes us to the grocery store, <laughs> so he can buy corn and chicken, and because it was his vacation. And this, I just met him a couple of days. So he can, and he brings it back to the shop, and he pulls the grill out and makes us barbecue chicken, Fantastic. and boils a bunch of, of uh, corn on the cob. Yeah. And we hang on. The whole experience was quite kind yeah, of he's, surreal. He's very yeah. ordinary for who he is. Totally. And he'll yeah. talk to you about anything except show business. Yeah, yeah, you we know, were talking the about minute, that shit. You, the that's minute you ask him, you but know, that's petrol like, for you. oh, what's Tom Cruise yeah. really like? He's like, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's short. I gotta right. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it? I, yeah, I get that. Was it? Was it you? I was telling the story too, where he, we were hanging out for the game show thing, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah it was last night. Mm-hmm. It was last night." God, I've had so much going on this weekend, and he was like, Bless you. "I was like, oh, I get it. You do this whole thing where you bring all your friends together, and we do a one day of shooting for all these segments." He goes, "Yeah, like what I needed some more fucking friends." Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alan. It's just what he said. Yeah. Yeah, they was so caught in the He goes, "Yeah, Alan. That's just what I needed some more fucking friends." <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole crew laughs because they realize how true this really yeah. is, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'm I, I was still fascinated by the idea that that he studies and you're more of a natural comic, or I don't, I don't know how I describe me. I just um, I, I really wouldn't. I mean, I, I I hear what other people say, and and because I just it, I guess it's hard for me to just say people say what kind of comic are you? I said, well, I hope I'm funny. People laugh. <laughs> I'm the funny kind. So I hear what other people say about me. You know, I like, and it, what cracks me up, honestly, what I love is when people they go, "Here's my BT impression," and they do it, and I laugh because it's like, "What's a BT impression?" Well, my my impression would BT the thing about him, and it's what's so different between us. His energy is so high all the time compared he, to you. Yeah, his, yeah no, yeah, compared yeah. to anybody. <laughs> compared to anybody, this guy runs. So it's on, not just MotoGP. He runs on monster. <laughs> no, the <laughs> best. The best was when, and this was when when it, when you know we first got into MotoGP. So, man, I was like, huh. I mean, literally was like. Remember the Beatles when they first in America? They were like, ah. No. That's how it was. Well, we watched, <laughs> we watched the old film clips. Yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah, right, so right. I was like that with, with, like, with, with GP and the writers and Alonzo. He took me aside. He go, listen, these people like you, but you've got to control your He was scaring people. Yeah, he, I mean, literally. His energy was yeah, so scaring people. Scary, big, black man. Yeah, with he literally took me aside. He goes, these people. It was almost like a coach going, listen, these people like you. But you don't I go, okay, man, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, and that's and that's what She'll killed me to this day. Because I remember it was just like that. That uh, I don't know if you remember ESPN had NFL Live in the old one in the very beginning. You could tell it was Greg Lloyd. He told he was pissy, and and Bill Cowher was trying to calm down. He goes, "Listen, just rush the quarterback." And that's what, and that, and that's what Alonzo did to me. He goes, "Listen, these people like you, but you got to bring your energy down." 
Yeah, I go, <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so ever since then, it's been a conscious effort to be almost like high and by because I know me. If I, if, if it's you stay me, in, if it's, yeah, because yeah, eventually that this will come out and it'll be yeah. like, ah, and some people are just like, what the hell? So I know, I know how I am now. So I kind of, it's best for me to be like, ah, then like, ah. Oh. Hang back, yeah. hang yeah. back, hang back. Well, it's almost like when I was telling that Maverick Miala story. Yeah. And that real me comes out. Yeah. And then it's like, you oh, know. shit. No, I was impressed. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so. not that yeah, passionate about anything. So I try to, yeah, I try to, I try to curtail that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to curtail that now. Every time around Alonzo, he, he's a constant reminder of me, okay, curtail it. Just, just kind of be like. Just turn know, it down a little bit. Turn it down yeah. a lot. Turn it down uh, yeah. a lot. I actually use that now. It's like. You're at like a nine. If you could just get it a seven, I could deal with this easier. If, if I could, if, man, if I could get it down to a seven, I, yeah. yeah. If yeah. I could. He's never gotten it down to a seven. Just so you know, there, there is no seven. Yeah. yeah. But I'm when like, I crash, though, I crash like Talladega, man. It's like, oh, it's ugly. Because it's like, I'm always up here. And then, and then when you it go, comes down, yeah, it's like, okay, it's It's time. a yard it's sale. Gone. Yeah. Shit's everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. You're out for four days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yard sale. Yes. one of my favorite sayings because it yeah. always conjures the same thought we were on a um we were on a, a ride the, the, you know the quail right you ever go on the ride no i haven't done the ride i gotta do the get ride there on thursday here. and ride yeah. with us i gotta for do Friday the ride. Morning. okay so we're gonna go this week wait you told me i won't make I'm it making... this year oh, fucking but... okay so the quail motorcycle gathering they do a ride the friday morning is it friday morning i think it's friday yeah. morning and the show is this short little six hour thing on saturday and there's like a hundred guys riding and the first year I go, I go with my crew. And we've got a Ducati, uh, a Sport Classic we've built that's quite quick, and a couple other bikes. And we get there, and we realize that 95% of the dudes there are are old, on old bikes. God, I hate I hate that. I just said that on... We may not publish this part. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're a bunch of old guys. Vintage. Right they're vintage riders they're on vintage, vintage motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're conservative. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you weren't there at the end of the show today, but I'm not a conservative rider, right? And neither is my crew. And we show up with our bikes, and we're the young guys. And we're all in, like, our late 30s, but we're the young dudes riding this ride. And um, we, we, we ride through the wine country, and, and we're riding through the hills on all these bikes. And we'll start at the back of the pack, and there's 100-and-something riders, and we end up at the front. Me and Paul Dorland's the vintage gent rides really hard. And we'll go to the very, very front. We go to a wine, a vineyard we have some wine and we talk and we have some cheese and we do our thing and then there's that's the first half and then we go to leave for the second half and we let everyone leave the parking lot first <laughs> and we go to pull out and paul and i and andy who's the head fabricator who does all that beautiful uh, aluminum work downtown are downstairs leave and we go to pull out and i'm passing 70 people at once because there's no one else in this two-lane road and i'm going we're going past all of them at 100 they're all going 30 <laughs> and and some guy on a gold wing decides he's going to go with us, or some bigger bike. He's going to go with us, hits the brakes just a bit early. <gasps> and Andy grabs the front, who rides an Eldorado, Gucci, grabs the front brake of this Ducati Sport Classic. Complete custom. This is the tank off that bike. Okay. This, this nice. is the gas tank off that bike. You can tell it's a handmade custom machine, right? Beautiful. We built another one for it. Beautiful. And, um, and the front end just washes out. No. And it's a total fucking yard sale. He takes out like three bikes. Oh, Everybody's in the ditches. No. <laughs> I wasn't there. 
Those Meaning guys, I was loved ahead. It. You know those guys. Those yeah, are, yeah. They just so, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, kid. Yeah. Show us what you made of. I just keep going because they were behind me. They were they were following me. I never even noticed. An hour and a half later, we get to our Shit. destination, and I'm like, "So where's Andy?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, you didn't hear? There was a crash." I was like, "What? <laughs> There's a crash on your Ducati? He took like three bikes, total fucking yard sale." And Andy apparently, as he was sliding in the road, full gear, was going. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> While he was sliding on the road because he knew what he had done. No one got hurt, thankfully. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I, I don't know what was... I didn't see it, but they called it a yard sale. Yeah. That's enough. Oh, I know that funny. shit just went everywhere. And you're inviting me to go on a ride with you. Yeah, I was no. say, uh, yeah. no, I don't... Guilt by association. You ride, but you're building a CBX and you ride slow? Yeah, yeah I'll take the CBX. Speaking it's of edits, easy. i got to use the bathroom. Bathroom it's okay in. to go. Bathroom yeah. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Where's the nearest yeah. one, by the way? It's um, the bottom of the stairs to the left. left. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got to get a rune. We, yeah. you, feel, you didn't get a hotel? No, a rune. Yeah, he's okay. the guy who oh. came with us. He yeah, feels yeah, yeah. abandoned. Yeah, he with, yeah, we just he he's here? Oh. Yeah, he's downstairs. He thinks we, we can abandoned. We this shit. Yeah. This could go on for days. So, yeah. I know. This is great. Yeah. This is great. I've got a Howard's calling. It's like... Do you want to get in that Red Bull party? Because I, I can still do I, that. Yeah, if you don't mind, if he can stay away. Hold on. That he just said, I've, I've he literally said, me. tell me who's there. <coughs> oh, hold on, let me ask you. It's still going. He just said, tell me who you want. We got to find Tony, Thank too. You. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this was fun, man. This was great. This is, this is yeah. great. Seriously. Because yeah. we were going to talk about this anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this is fantastic. When he gets back, I'll do an intro, a proper intro, and then we'll be done. Yeah. I liked your Evil Knievel picture, by the way. That's a local guy too. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Some good stuff in it. I have, I have a. If you look downstairs below the stairs, there's a flat file, and it's packed. Every drawer is full of posters. I had a poster problem for a while. I kicked it. It took, it took a bit. It took a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least it was posters though, and not like bikes or something. Yeah. You know. No, I don't have any motorcycles at all. Oh, yeah, it's not like I have any audio you know equipment I mean? I or like uh, foam yeah, yeah. on the wall for the soundproofing <laughs> and extra That's, spotlights. You think and, I'm? You know. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's an office of a crazy person. I isn't love it? it. It shows your personality right there, babe. Two massive fucking screens, some foam no, on the wall. No, there's three massive oh, fucking three screens. Fucking yeah, massive yeah. Screens. Some uh, foam on the wall so you can bash your head against the wall when people are not kind of no, it's, hearing it's you. So the way it started was I had my office by that window or my right. desk by that window and there was no wall there. And people would come up the stairs and because I'm ADHD as shit, the moment they made eye contact with me, it broke all concentration mm. and nothing else would happen. Yeah. And I would be like, motherfucker, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we built that wall and I had an assistant that sits out there. And he became the gatekeeper, and my efficiency and my effect, uh, efficacy, yeah. like how much Just I could get done, yeah. Yeah. immediately well. started to climb. <laughs> we yeah. have the same issue. So if that door is, cl- I leave it open, but yeah. if that door is closed, that means yeah. I'm you trying to deep. working. You're deep yeah. in something. So those are actually there mostly so that I don't hear as much, and they, and it works yeah. really well. And it's cool. uh, so without wearing earph- earphones, <laughs> it's it's not as contrived as it looks. It was more like <laughs> I need to, I need to isolate myself from everything that happens downstairs, and most of the work. And the heavy fabrication, all that goes on in the other bays instead yeah. of here, because this is my work area. Yeah. So it's one or the other. But right. um, anyway, it's um, cool. Very cool. It's evolved, but I'm gonna I buy like a building it. and move out of here, which sucks. I mean, I have to. This is I've yeah. been renting this for seven years. I spend a lot of money on rent. Yeah. Um, Landon says it's still going. Cool. Connecting now. So he says, yeah, you guys are. Oh, thank you. 
Um, Vicky. Yeah. I dated a six foot Vicky for like two years. Did you? Yeah. A six foot yeah, Vicky. That's a yeah, lot of fucking right. Vicky to it's handle, man. a lot of man. Vicky, right? I mean, like this package right here is fucking. I'll tell you. More than two handfuls. <laughs> Five, two and a half. Oh, right. <laughs> Without heels. I have to add the half, babe. Did you meet my wife? Yeah, you met her. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's five gorgeous. One. Yeah, five gorgeous. One. I'm a little bit bigger. Just a little. A tiny bit. Just a right, little yeah, bit you bigger. got her by but a quarter I got of a, a stone. I got a big mouth. <laughs> and you're from? London? No, but North London. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which yeah. is? It's like um, Arsenal. You know okay. Arsenal football? Yeah. Yeah, we I live like up Arsenal. the road from them. It's like your accent. Uh, yeah, I kind of grew up with them, but I don't support, I don't do football. I do MotoGP. Okay. I don't okay. do football, babe. I can't, I, two sports? Like, I haven't got the room. I literally haven't got the fucking room. I, I get so excited about... He's uh, up all night, he's watching seven screens. palpitations. When I'm watching the race, I'm fucking... There's palpitations well, going you know on what? right there, babe. The very beginning, this is always the start. The start in the first turn. It's the first turn yeah. of every race you just go, just keep Who's, who's yeah. going to die? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, he's going to keep him safe. Because, man, I mean, when it... But Moto Two, you? Moto Two is the first turn that is insane. It's, yeah, yeah that's, Moto Two is, is yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. there's so many bikes. <laughs> with this year, Moto Two. Yeah. This year, Moto Two is probably the, the strongest feel yeah. it's ever been. That's yeah. saying something. I mean, you got you got Hector Barber who came down from GP. You got Alex Marquez, and you got that uh, Pega Bagnai who won today, who's pegged to be. The next up, the next one, and Yoan Mir. People don't know how Yoan Yoan Mir is the. He said it. He said it. He goes. He goes. I only want to be here for one year, and I want to go to GP. So where's everybody else gonna go? I mean, where's I mean, honestly, where's everybody else gonna go? I mean, it's like Ian Oni said. Dude, I, was, well, I got my I'm kind of amazing. No, you no, don't. You fucking. Where, where, where are you going, yeah. Ian Oni? Suzuki ain't gonna want you no more. Even though he's having his best year ever, yeah. and he's playing nice, he's yeah. being nice, he's, he's being smiling, really he's, nice. he's kissing babies and petting yeah. puppies, but he's out of there, man. <laughs> I mean, he really is. He's consistent. He's getting the okay. paycheck. All right, so I'm not a spectator. So I'm totally interrupting you. I'm not a spectator sport guy. I played basketball. I played soccer. I, I played all of it. I love playing. I love racing motorcycles. I don't like watching it. Mm. Do you have you been on a racetrack? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like track on days. a proper sport bike. Okay, yeah, you've yeah, done. Yeah, okay, yeah. have you? Never. But, but for my birthday <laughs> But what I'm gonna do on my birthday is I'm gonna fly over to I'm gonna fly over to England on my birthday. As I'm working on that's my project now is I wanna get a s I gotta get a suit and I wanna go over to I wanna go over to England and I wanna uh, You don't I, have to wear a suit when you come to England. Well I wanna so get my own. I mean oh, it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. But it's not required. Yeah. It's but not he's wait. taking the fucking piss. He needs like, a suit like a tea. Like, I know. Like, I just got it. I was like tea and a suit. Skinny tie the whole day. Yeah, yeah. Stop with row. But you're gonna come over and what track? Yeah, um I I got a buddy who's uh he does the the Leon Haslam school. He's a, a one yeah. of the instructors. Sorry, that was good. And so he, um, and my friend, I don't know if you remember Carla. She married a yeah. mechanic who who actually is the Leon Haslam's um, uh, uh, wrench guy. He cool. built a bike for him. Uh, his name is Dave Hopkins. So and he's um, he talked about me going over there and uh, and having an instructor and, and going on the track day. So that's what I'm working on now. Good. That's what I want to do. Let us know when you come. That's Have you ridden track? Day? Yeah, yeah. I've done track days. Yeah. I don't know if I'll do any more. I mean, I don't have a sport bike now, and um, 
The real joy is no, to I, do a track day not on a sport bike. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the yeah. transformation for me was I got yeah. the Ducati Sport Classic 1000. Yeah. In fact, Vicky bought it for me. And then she's I like, took it back. She's like, yeah, and now, she, oh, yeah. now she's mine got it. now. But it was basically, <laughs> I've got to slow you down because you're you're driving like a wanker all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's dangerous. You ride too fast. Only I can be a wanker. And yeah, that's your job now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she said, I'm, I'm going to get this air-cooled retro star motorcycle and it's just going to slow you down and stop you riding like a dick. So we used to do regular track days at Brands Hatch and, and I was getting, I was on the Super Duke cars, I was getting to, the, I was going to get an RC8R, the yeah. ATM. that bike's awesome. Crazy, yeah, 169 brake yeah. horsepower. It weighs I mean, nothing. Which, which yeah. these days actually isn't, is, isn't much, but, but the bike uh, was light. Back, back yeah. then that was a real motorcycle. And so I got this Sport Classic and I thought, you know what, this is so good, I'd had it five days, I'm going to take it on track. And I was, was awesome. two or three seconds a lap quicker. Now it's a 90, brake horsepower air-cooled bike but on a twisty track like Brands Hatch it's so confidence inspiring in the corners and I think the thing that it taught me was it doesn't matter what bike you ride just take it on a track yeah because well, you whatever you've got you'll be quicker and, and it's always you not the bike that your point 100%. before yeah. I mean when we were doing that track day there were two guys there that were sharing the track with us and one was this really old dude on an Enfield 250 cafe racer what? nice and uh, he was about 80 years old he didn't he had walk a collection but he could of ride them. He had a mechanic with him, this old... I think he's the guy he that owns, owns Birkenstock. Yeah, something. he owns Birkenstock. So he shoes. was, And he was faster than everybody on that 250. And then there was another kid on an SV650. Yeah, that's a great bike. An yeah. SV650. And he was lapping everybody because he was in the S, SV650 Cup. Yeah. So there's everybody else on these kind of, you know, R1s, R1s. and CBR1000s, yeah. Fireblade, whatever's. And, and then there's this kid on an SV650, an old man on this old Enfield 250, and me on a Ducati Sport Classic, and we were just creaming everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and really, for me, you, I, I think if you've got a sports bike on a track, it's like turning up on the sports field with all the gear. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is turn up on a track day with a Panigale or an R1M, because if you're not the quickest, you're a loser. Whereas if you turn up and you can be the underdog on something with a hundred brake horsepower and an air-cooled engine, uh, and then you can ride the skin off that bike and you can have such a good time. And, and if other people are faster than you, you can just go, yeah, well, you know, it's not such a big, big deal bike. <laughs> but then anyone you pass, you are a superhero. Yeah. See, I, I think this is, might be the difference between you and I. I don't give a shit. If I lose, I lose. <laughs> the, I, I'm more about, like... I'm concerned that the technology will save me from being a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I actually, you and Stefan could totally ride together. Stefan loves going out on a monster and just creaming everybody and late breaking them and destroying them. But he also drops the bike every time he goes. <laughs> every yeah. single time. Uh, he dropped the MV Agusta that we have downstairs. He dropped the Ducati Monster. He's dropped uh, 900 SS. He's dropped a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've never crashed out. gets old. Yeah, I'm not down for crashing. And I don't care if anybody goes, you're slow. Cool. I had just as much fun as you did. I have a, a yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> but not I about like being, that. It's about being faster than people expect. I don't That's need true. To be yeah, the fastest. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because my competitions with myself. Yeah. Can yeah. I go quicker than me? Yeah. Not, yeah. not, not the guy. Unless he's my mate. If I go, if I get those few friends. I'm yeah. Like, when I'm with Stefan or Roland Sands or whatever, yeah, I feel it. Yeah, I, I, I feel don't want to race Roland Sands. He's quick. That yeah. sounds like a bad oh, idea. Have, then, getting Roland passing or Schwanz or any of those guys passing me. I'm okay with it. I'll tell you, the, the race I need to see is uh, Fast Freddy Spencer comes to the bike shed or not, and he's promised to have a race with Vicky at the Cafe Racer Cup. So I don't know how we're going to handicap Fast him. Freddy. 
at Grants Hatch or yeah. 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 okay yeah he's literally like our ratio how old is he now uh, he's got to be know. like late 60s. No, and he's still quick. He's not that old, is he? Yeah, I think he fucking he's is. He's a sprightly if he's late. He he's he he's got a young like wife. Right? Well, my, so my point about the whole thing was that if you're, if you're a super fan, the only time I'm able to relate to any spectator sport of any kind is if I've done it. Right. And, 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 and yeah. so when it comes to the track, I've done Coda. It's yes. Coda that I get the most interested in right. the race because I know every fucking corner yeah. and every ripple, which apparently they've straightened field. some of those ripples out in the last yeah. couple of months. Yeah. Uh, I know I know. turn 19 is the only place I've ever spun in a car. Like, I know that that's the corner that I'm at full lean and it scares the shit out of me. Apparently they fixed that. So now I'm going to see a whole other race. But I, that's all. It was that I have to relate directly to the person or either yeah. that or their or, friend. Yeah, if yeah. they're a friend, it's cool. Yeah. I'm the other way around because... The, the thing about that level of ride, if you ride with someone that can really, really ride, yeah. they are so much faster than you yeah, it doesn't that matter. I actually can't relate. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, you, it's you, not relatable at all. Craft, <laughs> and you ride and you think you're quite quick and then some guy comes past you on the back wheel having a conversation with a passenger. He's like this. Yeah. 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 He's texting. He's texting. Because people who are good are so good. Yeah. I mean, these guys on the MotoGP, they're, they're doing like 200 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Back straight. They're yeah. gladiators. I mean, I, I can't. There's nothing yeah. that's going to At 170, 180, yeah. I did a 226 out there, but it's also which I was really their, proud of, right? Yeah. And I mean, they're doing two flat. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You look at their lap times, and you look at your lap time, and you're yeah. like, yeah. yeah, two different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you see yourself on video. Like, you, you, you try and catch these guys on video, and you, and you can't even see them. Yeah. Yeah. And then and you're then you, fucking pooping you in along. You see yourself <laughs> on video at someone like Brad Hatch, and you're so like, it looks like I'm going shopping. Right. Yeah. I was going to say this. When I think I'm dragging a knee, it's when you think you're leaning. Yeah, you when I think my knee is about to touch and it's like this far away. My excuse is I got little knees, so I can't. I don't need to get it down, you know. I mean, I'm just. Yeah, to me, it makes these guys superheroes because what they do is so far and above what what I can do that I actually find it completely impossible to relate because I just look at them and go, they're gods. Yeah. I just mean I can beat half of them by putting their helmet on the top shelf. Yeah. They'll never. They'll never get out of the garage. Yeah, exactly. They're just down there. Exactly. It's like, yeah, go, go get your helmet. Oh, yeah. can't? can't I'll see you out there. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you in a bit. Yeah. If yeah. I put when, Danny Pedrosa's helmet yeah. on the yeah. top when you shelf find there, that ladder, Danny yeah. can't Dude, when Marquez dropped that bike on the wall and ran up, I don't know about you guys, Classic. but I was watching him run, I was thinking, that guy's a midget. Yeah. He's a little baby man. Max Biaggi, he was tiny. Yeah. Well, we met, yeah. we met yeah. him yeah. again. I met him a couple of years ago. Super nice guy. Yeah, really I saw him nice today. Guy. I Very talked to him guy. on the grid, and I yeah. saw him in a, in a, at, a, at an A-Stars Hospitality. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I, lo- I like was, Max, man. He's Vicky's he, new best mate. Do you know what? He actually yeah. dragged us into the pits to uh, walk us through the Aprilia 30 minutes before they're going live at, uh, for uh, Scott Redden and Aspargo. And he's fucking like all the guys are pulling everything together, and he's walking us through them, and he's talking us through now, them. Like is, I literally nearly. This like, is I was... five minutes after the PR guy yeah. had said you can't go into the garage yeah. because there's the MotoGP like... race in half an hour. Yeah. And then Max comes up to go, "Hey, Vicky, come on in the garage." Yeah. And the mechanics are looking at him like, 
you asshole. It's like, do you want to do you want a photograph? I'm like, you can't take photographs in the pit because you give away the secrets. Yeah. He's like, eh, just stand there taking a photo <laughs> against the crazy. Yeah. That was talk about carte blanche. Yeah, that made my carte blanche. You could do anything, and they were just looking through gritted teeth. Like these guys guilty. I did feel guilty. I was like, these guys are here to do a job, and we might just fuck it up for them. You nearly, you nearly tripped on one of the discs on well, the floor. We were literally was stepping like, over parts of bike, and they're yeah. trying to reassemble the bikes before everyone assembles on the grid. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. It was so funny. That's it awesome. was. It made my mate take It was. It, it was kind of <laughs> really my... exciting and really embarrassing. It was like I really want to be there, but I really don't want to be there because yeah. I'm so embarrassed. I'm in your way. And but then, then there's Max Piaggi, so, so shut up. And then that's we kind great. of blagged it into the Ducati area and um, watched the race. And like, I, there was loads of Marquez fans there. And I'm there with my Rossi fucking uh, flay. I was like, yeah. I've done how that to win a few friends times. and influence people. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Do you know what? We sat. We actually got put in a Marquez stand once. And I and it was one of the great races where they had a proper battle. And I fucking the whole grandstand. I'm the one who's standing up, going fuck it. <laughs> and then then Marquez crashed and it was like it was that moment because he pushed it was the the one where he pushed uh Rossi and they were yeah. having this little thing it was, it was yeah. where was it was it um was it, Sil- it was Silverstone okay and they had a little thing and Rossi crashed actually he broke his he broke his fucking leg at Silverstone it was, I'm sure, it, or his collarbone. He broke something. Rossi broke his collarbone. Uh, no, no, the, the Marquez broke his collarbone. You are talking to the encyclopedia. I know. Yeah, come knows. on. The, uh, the, the Marquez collarbone broke. No, Rossi crashed. Rossi crashed at Silverstone. Rossi crashed. Rossi crashed at Silverstone. Battling Marquez. Battling Marquez. You're questioning the encyclopedia. I know. I'm, I'm yeah, testing. Yeah, yeah. You're you 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 poking the fucking bear right yeah, now. I know. I'm not. He's yeah. going to yeah. lay it out on you. He's like you, a friendly bear. I'm, I'm like, okay, let me. You're let dealing me, with my wife I, who I'm, also I'm, tells me that I owe 100 pounds for something, some money she didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at me with such confidence. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Anyway, I'll go. I remember, I remember Marquez, like, pre practice in the warm up, driving crazy, and Crutchlow had crashed. And I remember Marquez went through like a bat out of hell. And crash. Maybe he had to run away because his bike was going through the uh, I, going through I, the I sand. Could've... And then Marquez did his uh, uh, his collarbone or something, or shoulder popped out of place, and they popped it back into place, and he was and he was able to race. He was only like I, nineteen or something. Oh yeah, I remember I'm that though. Good. I'm good. I remember yeah. that because because they, they yeah. cut was in the sand and they were getting him up. He was like, oh fucking... shit, because the bike literally was coming through. The, they gave him a yellow flag. That was a big controversy. They gave him a yellow flag to slow down, and he was he just <laughs> gunned it and he lost it too. And his bike was going to the ground, and they all—all all the safety workers in Crutchlow took out running. They thought they were going to get yeah, by his yeah. bike, and, and Marquez broke his collarbone or, or oh, shoulder to pop it back in place. But the and question thought, is, who was the doctor who worked on his? Car? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're sitting right. What That's model was question. the ambulance <laughs> that yeah. hauled him out of right, the infield I may be of the race? Anyway, let's wrap this shit, right? right? Yeah. right? I need a drink. I think I'm done with you, fuckers. This could go on for weeks. Can we do an introduction? I'm Vicky. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Seriously, guys. Thank you. I wish that you guys lived closer because I'd probably do this cool. once a week to make me feel good. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Us. JT. You guys are coming to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, buddy. And Dutch and Vicky. Yeah. Else. These guys, they have to come to London. Yeah. All right. Yeah, hold that on. sounds like a trip. Yeah, Could you be funny in the UK? I have been. 
I've done Kilkenny, I've done the Comedy Store at Piccadilly, yeah, I've, worked, all, I've worked the UK. And you're going to come and do my I haven't story done by, Edinburgh. Uh, voice messages. That's yeah. the only thing I haven't done. Edinburgh Comedy Festival is legendary. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done that. Yeah, that's so, cool. so, actually, as a motorcycle guy, maybe, let's talk, I'll, I'll email you. Yeah. Because if you could come to Bike Shed, right, we could go American yeah. on that shit. Right. We Just could critique Harleys. everything we see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my Harley. I refuse to ride yeah. a Harley. I refuse. I don't have a Unless fucking a Harley. You, you know oh, better. No. You know better. Thank you. The uh, closest I got was a Buell. I had a Buell for a while. I have a I no, don't Buell's do okay. Harley. I refuse to ride I don't a Harley. Do Harley. Have you guys yeah. seen the Buell that we built? No. The, the no, Bueller. The Bueller. No. That's only going to be American. Yeah. I ride, I ride Indian. I ride an Indian. Yeah, I did the flat track. We're allowed to know Buell. Flat the Bueller? Do you know what I'm talking track. about? Well, we oh, know. What, you mean Ferris Bueller or the Bueller? Yes, Ferris Bueller. I love Bueller. Ferris. Yeah. I watched Bueller. that the other day. We built one Bueller. Anyone? anyone? Bueller. Sorry, anyone. I that. We built a Bueller. I'm about to buy it back because we gave it away in a contest, and the guy who got it had no idea how to handle it because yeah. it's a Bueller with a seat height like this, and we're going to buy it back this weekend. Perfect height for yeah, me. Hopefully. All right. hopefully. Anyway, um, if you could come to Bike Shed with me, that would be fucking killer. I'd love to have you guys there. Um, we'll do a podcast in Vicky's office. Email me. Let yeah. me know when it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you buddy. Be, All right. If I can, I'd be happy to help.